This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore shares started the week higher, but closed in the red, joining China's key indices in red ink, while the rest of the major Asian bourses registered gains. The Straits Times index declined 0.4% to end at 3,265.14 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares were muted at the open, after stock markets in the US and Europe closed mostly higher. The STI ended at 3,286.16 points, up 0.64% as China pledged economic stimulus. At the midweek, Singapore stocks were little changed, following strong overnight gains in global markets, but edged up 0.6% at the close, ahead of an expected interest rate hike by the Fed. The STI ended at 3,304.96 points. And on Thursday, Singapore stocks opened stronger, up 0.7%, after global markets finished mixed overnight. Asian markets, including Singapore, mostly climbed, hours after the Federal Reserve hiked its keenly watched policy rate range. The STI rose 1% to end at 3,337.42 points. It's Friday, July 28th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. In for Clarissa Montero, I'm Howie Lim. Singapore stocks were pulled into positive territory this morning with banks leading gains, even as U.S. stocks lost momentum yesterday because of rising fears over interest rate hikes. The STI rose 0.3%, opening at 3,347.78 points. Here's Candice Lee, research analyst at SGX, with her overview of the trading week. In the week to date till Thursday evening, STI gained around 1.8%. Wednesday night saw the Federal Reserve raise interest rates, as you mentioned, Howie, by another 25 basis points, in fact. Expectations for a sequential 25 basis points hike at the next Fed meeting in September remain at 20%, which have more or less been at these levels for the past month. Majority expectations for one 25 basis points hike across the next three meetings are around 30% now. The next key gauge on US inflation is the personal consumption expenditure deflator, which is due tonight. Expectations are that the core will come down to 4.2% in June from 4.6% in May, which would be the lowest year-on-year print since the 3.9% in September 2021. Looking back in the Singapore market, the top three outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least $500 million were NEO, IFAS Corporation and Aztec Global, averaging 19% gains. Both IFAS and Aztec reported earnings for the first half 2023 this week, IFAS net profit increased by 116% year-on-year to $6.6 million, reversing its losses of $2.7 million a year ago. This saw the stock rise 14% over the week till the Thursday evening. Aztec Global's second quarter net profit of $29.5 million represented a record quarterly profit. This surpassed the previous record of $29 million in the second quarter 2022. Its IoT devices and data communications products revenue for the first half of this year was up 7.3% year-on-year and comprised 98% of its revenue. This saw Aztec Global stock price rise 13% over the week. In terms of institutional fund flows in the Singapore market across the last five sessions through to 26th of July, we observed net institutional fund outflows of $71 million. UOB led the net instead outflows with $38 million, followed by Genting Singapore at $21 million and Venture Corporation at $18 million. On the other hand, Singtel led the net instead inflows at $31 million, followed by DBS at $15 million and Capo DC Reed at $12 million. 
By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at $31 million, technology at $24 million, and consumer cyclicals at $23 million. On the other hand, telcos received the most net instant inflows at $30 million, followed by utilities and energy sectors combined at $6 million. For more passive investors, the Lion Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF remained as the top-traded ETF with a 118% increase in turnover compared to the last week. Tay Pegek joins us now. What predominantly drove markets this week, Pegek? Well, this has been a week dominated by inflation data and central bank policy decisions with earnings reporting or updates season underway. And yes, the Central Bank of the United States lifted its policy interest rate range by 25 basis points in an expected move and brought the policy rate to the highest level in over 20 years. This bears mentioning again. The Central Bank also said it believes the world's largest economy might be able to stave off a recession after all. Meanwhile, analysts at the meeting did all it needed to do by maintaining a hawkish tilt but most of them are of the belief that the hiking campaign is essentially over. The central bank of the Eurozone lifted its policy interest rate by 25 basis points as well to historic high at 3.75%. China's Politburo meeting, the top decision-making body led by President Xi Jinping that set a key economic policy agenda for the communist country, pledged to support and make policy adjustments to help boost the languished economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose marginally 0.02% in the past five trading days. S&P 500 was down 0.3% and the Nasdaq Composite Index slid 0.7%. As Candice also highlighted, the Straits Times Index jumped by about 1.8% this week as at Thursday close. Here in Singapore, headline and core consumer price indexes or CPIs eased to 4.5% and 4.2% year-on-year in June respectively. The contributors to a lower inflation readings were primarily a decline in private transport costs and a slower pace of inflation for food and services. Headline CPI in neighbouring Malaysia declined to 2.4% year-on-year in June and core inflation slowed to 3.1% year-on-year. A crop of 17 Singapore-listed real estate investment trusts, or REITs in short, and property trusts are slated to report business updates or earnings this week. The number of REITs that reported higher distribution per unit appear to be fewer than those that had logged a decline. For market movements next week, investors might want to watch out for the release of financial results by DBS on Thursday and OCBC on Friday before trading starts. Still to come, economic data and highlighted stocks and companies' earnings of the week. In the next podcast episode of Editor's Talk, inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record, we turn our attention to membership editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media. Hi, I'm Howie Lim, correspondent at the Business Times. In the next episode of Editor's Talk, I'll be sitting down with the Business Times' membership's editor. We find out what exactly he does and if he's just there for subscribers and how he works with the newsroom. Membership's editor at the Business Times, Dylan Tan, joins us next. Out August 14th, check in for the latest in Editor's Talk from the Business Times podcast's team. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Candice, could you highlight the most notable news for the week, please? Well, Howie, adding on to Peggy's Singapore headline and core inflation data, it did fall again in June, largely due to lower inflation for food and services. 
Headline inflation for the month moderated to 4.5% on a year-on-year basis from the 5.1% in May. This was slightly higher than the median 4.4% forecast by private sector economists. Core inflation, which excludes accommodation and private transport, fell to 4.2% in June from the 4.7% in May. This was in line with the 4.2% estimated by economists. On a month-on-month basis, both headline and core inflation rose slightly in June. Singapore's factory output also fell 4.9% year-on-year in June, marking the ninth straight month of contraction. But this was better than expected. Economists polled by Reuters had expected a 6.8% year-on-year contraction in June, while those put by Bloomberg had projected a 6% decline. Excluding the biomedical cluster, which is typically volatile, factory output fell 5.2% year-on-year. Electronics, which comprise 45% of Singapore's industrial production, fell by a milder 2.9% in June, and this marks the smallest decline since December last year. This fueled optimism that the worst of the contraction in the electronics sector may be over. Semiconductor output was up 3.1% year-on-year in June. This followed the 27.1% year-on-year decline in May. Transport engineering was one of the six clusters that again posted growth up a more moderate 10.8% year-on-year following the 30.9% surge in May. Singapore's labour market remained stable in the second quarter of 2023, with retrenchments declining following three consecutive quarters of increases. A total of 3,200 people were retrenched down from the 3,820 in the first quarter of the year. Retrenchments continued to be driven by services and most were in IT services and wholesale trade. There was also a substantial decline in the number of retrenchments in manufacturing following the larger-scale retrenchments that occurred in the previous quarters. On the other hand, resident employment change meanwhile contracted for the first time since the second quarter of 2020. Singapore Hotel's average room rate was mostly unchanged in June, up 0.3% from May. Although this is a 14.2% increase year-on-year, but the revenue per available room and average occupancy rate also grew sequentially, overall room revenue slipped. June's average occupancy rate stood at 80.7%, which is a slight improvement from 79.3% in May. However, this still remains under the 83% occupancy recorded pre-pandemic in January 2020. Overall room revenue dropped 2.3% from May but up 37.4% year-on-year. Analysts believe that Singapore's recent success in securing concerts, including celebrities like Taylor Swift, will help draw visitors and support hospitality. All right, Candice, I'm sure you know the weekly interrogation, I mean, weekly game is upon us. I give you the name of a stock or company and then you go. Sure, let's see what we've got, Howie. My go-to always is National Carrier, SIA. Hmm. SIA reported record quarterly net profits amid the pent-up demand for travels. Its first quarter net profit was up 98.2% to $734 million. This was mainly driven by better operating performance, a net interest income compared to a net finance charge last year, and a share of profits versus a share of losses of associated companies last year. It also noted that June holidays boosted travels and passenger capacity was up 32% this quarter as restrictions on air travel eased globally. What about the first half-year results for Keppel Cetrium post the divestment of Keppel Marine? Well, there's another record profit this time. Keppel Corporation recorded the highest profit on record in 55 years of history. 
It achieved a first half 2023 net profit of over 3.6 billion Sing dollars compared to the 498 million Sing dollars in the first half last year. About 3.3 billion Sing dollars of this was from the gains achieved from successfully divesting the offshore and marine business to Citrum. Excluding the divestment, its net profit was still higher year on year at 445 million Sing dollars. But on the other hand, Citrum's net loss widened to 264 million Sing dollars for the first half this year, and this is compared to the 143 million during the same period last year. But its revenue was 2.9 billion, recording a notable increase of 164% from the 1.1 billion last year. The group's strategic focus will continue to be on renewables and green solutions, which it said is in line with the marine offshore and energy sector's commitment towards sustainability. And the maples, not syrup. Let's start with Maple Tree Logistics Trust and then Industrial Trust, Candice. Okay, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, it reported a marginal increase in distribution per unit, up 0.1% for the first quarter of its financial year. The amount distributable to unit holders rose 3.1% year-on-year to $112 million. It maintained a portfolio occupancy rate of 97.1%, up slightly from 97% from the previous quarter. 94% of the leases that were due for expiry this quarter were also successfully renewed or replaced. Maple Tree Industrial Trust, their net property income for the first quarter of its financial year grew by 1.5% quarter and quarter to $130.8 million. This was mainly attributed to lower property operating expenses. The average rental rate of the Singapore portfolio increased to $2.18 per square foot per month from $2.16 in the previous quarter. Candice, if I may, I mentioned DPS and OCBC released their results next week. But UOBs are out already. How are they doing? Sure, PetGeek. UOB's net profit for the second quarter rose 27% on higher net interest income as well as trading and investment income. In fact, trading and investment income hit an all-time high. Net profit for the second quarter stood at $1.4 billion, including one-off expenses, mostly related to the integration of Citigroup. And this was compared with the $1.1 billion from last year. Net interest income for the quarter was 31% higher on the year to $2.4 billion as net interest margin rose 45 basis points to 2.12%. Hey, I hear SEMCorp Industries is scrapping their plans to sell SEM waste. What more do we know? Yes, it has scrapped its plans to sell already, Howie. SEM waste is its waste management business and its energy from waste plant. It said that it will continue to review its portfolio to ensure strategic fit and maximise shareholder value. SEMCOP previously confirmed that it was looking to divest SEM waste back in early June and had appointed HSBC as the financial advisor. All right, thanks to Candice Lee, research analyst at SGX and Taypeg Gig from the Business Times News Desk. I'm Howie Lim, in for Clarissa Montero. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.